Let's go to text messages and let's read this one. Wasps. Oh, yikes. Rim- yeah, here it comes. Oh. <clears throat> you would not have done well as a Canaanite if the Israelites had been loyal to God. Okay, Lawson's thinking about this one. You would not have done well as a Canaanite uh-huh. if the Israelites had been truly loyal to God. Is that because they would have sent a plague of wasps? God would have. That's is, what the Bible says. Let is, me read it to you from Exodus chapter 23 and verse 28. God says, I will send wasps before. Actually, it says hornets. I would throw up. Like I, will, I, I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before you. And so basically what God did was he came to the Israelites and said, look, if you're faithful to me, I will empty the promised land, and then you can go and have it. Mm. And he was going to do it with hornets. Can he was I going to make it like, uninhabitable with hornets. If I was the Canaanite and I saw those wasps coming, I'd be like, all right, I'm leaving. Don't don't sting me, please. Like, I'll, I'll give it up. I, that honestly... That is like my nightmare. That is yes. literally, I think when I was like eight or nine, I had a nightmare where I was like covered in wasps. Have, and, you, have you ever actually been? Yeah, I've been, I was stung by a wasp. Okay. Yeah, so I was, I was um, when I was eight, I put my fingers over, we had an above ground pool. Yes. I put oh, my fingers yeah. over uh-huh. the thing, wasp straight favorite. on the wasp Ooh. nest and got like three stings oh. up my, three stings up my finger as an eight year old. Oh. And I was like. Freaking out. Like, I was, like, crying, and I, like, jumped out of the pool and ran up to the house. I was like, help me, help me. And ever since then, I've just, like, wasps. Bees, I'm cool with bees because bees aren't aggressive. Like, bees just chill, but wasps are just, like, death to me. I'm, I'm like, Lord. Yeah. My father-in-law and I were working on a house yeah. uh, in Wisconsin one time. And underneath the roof of this house, unbeknownst to us because we had to redo the porch, there was a hornet's nest that would have been about the size of a basketball. Oh my word! So we've 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 taken up uh, you know the uh, the asphalt tiles which they love to use, uh, shingles which they love to use in the United States, um, taken up the the, the 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 plywood underneath of that, and yeah, just about went down through the rafters when they started sting. Now, I only got stung once, thankfully, and we made a very fast trip to Menards, which is uh, the Wisconsin version of Bunnings, Mm. and there you could buy this Hornet spray. Yeah. Now, this thing comes in a spray can, but it comes out on a squirt that goes for about Four meters. Oh wow! So you can stand so you right just stand back. Right back. <laughs> Whoever <laughs> invented this had been stung by hornets. Yeah. And the thing that I hate about hornets is not like a bee where they sting you once. Yeah. They just sting. They can keep going. And then they go- they can go keep going infinitely. Yeah. I'm sure. Maybe not. But I'm sure they can. Yeah, my dad. They told- just don't stop. My dad told me a story where he was um he he was like in a tinny and he went under a low bridge. And oh. he's like, to the point where he's like got his hands on the bridge, like kind of pushing his way through uh-huh. and puts his hand on a wasp nest and just got like stung all over the head. Anyways, I just, I don't, I just I, dive over the side. Oh, that, ugh. Anyways. All right. What are we up to? Uh, other, other text messages here. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, increase in alcohol consumption, alcoholism, the planners of COVID knew the psychological effects it would have on humanity. <laughs> um Alcoholism is but one of the terrible effects on people in the name of health that is destroying the world. God is watching. Your sins are written in the books of heaven. 
And this is one of the things that really frustrated me during COVID is that they actually left the bottle shops open, knowing mm. that this was one of the worst possible things that you could do mm. during COVID. Um, another text message here. Good on you, Leslie. May God abundantly bless your ministry, your godly your, your ministry. Godly mothers hold the future generations of leaders in their hands. Ooh, what a fact right there. Mm. Absolutely, that's fantastic. And she, what a what a gun. She's just absolutely going for it down there in Sydney with her. Uh, with her children's ministries, playgroups, and so forth. I mm. uh, can't wait till tomorrow. The end presentation, great information, and Bible studies. Love them. I am going uh, to forward them all to all the pastors in Australia. <laughs> Every <laughs> <Yes>. single one. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. All right, good to have a, a great supporter there. And, of course, we are back on again tomorrow night with the N.Digital. We are in yes. the last week of this particular series. Wow. But we have big plans for what's coming up next. Uh, the N.Digital has been going for... Well, over a year now, mm. and a uh, really exciting project to be a part of. Uh, okay, Lawson, this one's for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I can see him cringing if already. If he says wasps, I'm, like, going to – it's about wasps. It's about wasps. Oh, <laughs> it's about wasps. No. <laughs> Lawson, now the Inquisition knows your fear of wasps. <laughs> What do you think that means? <laughs> oh, like so, end times come. It's like okay, Lawson. You know, where's the rest of the Faith FM team? Where are they? Where are they broadcasting from in secret? And Lawson's like, you will never make me talk. They bring out wasps. Let me tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> Lyle, his full name is Lyle Southwell. He, <laughs> he lives here. <laughs> this is his birthday. This is his age. This yeah. is his address. His favorite is- food is spaghetti. <laughs> You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So I'd just like to um, to share briefly share one story, um, and this is a more serious story, before we get into our Bible study. Mm. And uh, I hope to be able to share more details at a future point because it, it involves the story of somebody who passed away and whose name needs to be remembered as a hero. One of our, um, one of our very faithful listeners here on Faith FM and one of our technical supporters who supports one of our transmitter stations was skydiving on the weekend. The first parachute, tandem skydiving, the first parachute, as I understand the story, as it's come to me, uh, failed to open properly. So they ejected that one. And then the second one failed to open properly. And the uh, skydiving instructor, a man by the name of Aaron Topher, mm. uh, took the took the brunt of the fall when the two of them hit the ground as, you know, as a professional, as an instructor and um, passed away, and the our, our listener is in hospital with injuries that he will survive mm. because this young man gave his life for him. Wow. And so our thoughts go out to Aaron Topher and his family. He was 35 years old, mm. uh, just, a, just a young person. And our prayers are with you today, and our prayers are also with uh, Christopher, that uh, as as he's uh, recovering in hospital, uh, this was yeah. Uh, it's 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 rare that we see these kinds of sacrifices in our world. Mm. And Christopher was able to have prayer with uh, with the young man before he passed away. 
um, as yeah, we've wow. heard the story. So, yeah, we're just some people that we need to be praying for today. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, you hear some pretty hard stories sometimes, mm. and that's one. Let's pray for this family. All right, let's get into our Bible study this morning. And yesterday we were talking about dysfunction. I wasn't yes. here. You were talking about dysfunction. We were talking about the dysfunction running rampant within the patriarchs. And we look in our world today, and it's very easy to look at families that are more functional than ours. Yes. Right. So, you know, Lawson, your parents have broken up. I grew up in a single-parent home. You know, we can, we all have our soft yeah, story, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And we, and we all look at it and go, ah, oh, yeah, you know, um, I've got all of this, this this dysfunction that has come through to me and, you know, I'll then carry my brokenness and how do I deal with all of my brokenness and, you know, these kind of thoughts go in epigenetics, all that kind of stuff. We actually inherit dysfunction mm. uh, in, our, in our genetic makeup and then we look at the people in the Bible and, you know, God comes along and says, you know, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob again and again. And he just constantly, that's like his mantra. Yeah. As if he's like, if you want to know who I am, look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because I'm like them. <laughs> no, that's not what God is saying. Not what God is saying at all. God is saying, if you want to know what I'm like, look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because I'm the person who changed them. Yeah, wow. Because they came from incredibly dysfunctional backgrounds and they carried that dysfunction with them. They were incredibly broken individuals, but they were saved by the grace of God and that grace is available to every single one of us. Mm. And we talked all about that yesterday. Yeah. Got into just the specific instances in which we oh, saw there's some just really, like, some really gnarly stuff going on. We there. capped off as we, because we went through each one of the patriarchs and kind of the highlights of dysfunction in their life, you know, with Abraham, the whole Hagar incident. Well, they kind of, began with when he went to Egypt and said, oh, you know, my wife's my sister, and that yeah. kind of grew and grew and grew. It's like, what, 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 kind of a, what kind of a, you know, how would you think of as a wife if you, you, know, you marry your, your, your manly hero, right? He's going to be with you for, you know, for better or for worse. He's going to be the one who puts his life on the line. And you go down to Egypt and he's like, oh, you're really beautiful. And you think, oh, thank you. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and people are going to want to steal you, so they're going to kill me. So just lie and tell them that you're my sister. That way, <laughs> that way they can steal you without killing me. <laughs> you know, you'd be like, "What kind of a loser? Yeah, did I marry right?" You, you know, that's the first thing you'd go through your mind is, "Okay, so this guy's just going to ditch me. He's not yeah, going to stand wow. up and fight for me. He's not going to give his life for me. He's just like, please lie so that I can live <laughs> and you can be taken away and raped." Dude, that's that's literally what happens. Luckily, like God intervenes, but yes. Yes, if God hadn't intervened, imagine how much worse that story would have gotten. Mm. But yeah, we see that like through Abraham's life, then we come to Isaac's life. Information on Isaac's life's a little bit more sparse. It is. But then particularly, you know, to see the dysfunction of well, the what, family towards the end. Yeah, that, and this is where it falls apart because it's like, okay, we might not have that much information on Isaac's life, but he obviously didn't do a great job of raising his kids because for, to begin with, we knew he had favourites. Mm. And then God said, look, the younger one gets the birthright, and, and Isaac says, no, the older one gets the birthright. I don't care what God says. I'm giving it to, I'm giving it to Esau because I like him better. Mm. And then the younger one just goes to enormous lengths to deceive his father into getting the birthright. Mm. You know, to dis- wrap your head around this, to deceive his father into receiving the blessings of God. Yeah, wow. Well. That's what it was. Mm. You know, really? 
you're going to get the blessings of God by being completely immoral. Yeah, well. It's just the most bizarre story. So, yeah, there was obviously a lot going on in Isaac's life that we don't know about. Yeah. And then you have Jacob come along after him and oh he my. just, like, lives the, oh the worst life. Like, oh. like it's okay. He but marries he, two sisters. Marries, Can you imagine? Just, the, oh. Just like, this is a recipe for... This is a recipe for the worst life ever. I mean, polygamy is a recipe for the worst life, and this is like 10 steps worse. <laughs> yeah. But then we have, like, that all leads to, I guess, before we come to Joseph, the real peak, the apex of that is the story that we find oh, in, you in Genesis yesterday. 34 with, like, the Dinah incident where Yikes. they go... Uh, who was it? It was uh, Reuben and... Um, Simeon, uh-huh. and they rock up, and they well, they're like, oh yeah, you can have our sister if everyone gets circumcised, because they they kind of got into a you know premarital sexual relationship, uh-huh. and they're like, all right, no, this is just unfaithful to God, but you can have her if everyone gets circumcised, and all the men in the in the kingdom, they're like, oh, like okay, we'll do it, and it's not like these guys were um you know Boy Scouts, no, no, they've been around the block, yeah. And they were like, and it was like and they, they, they murdered they, they murdered the whole town, they just kill everyone. They just walk in and literally two people because it says they're in pain from circumcision, which, dude, they're like fully grown people like receiving that in the ancient world. That's so hectic. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they just go in and kill them all. I'm like, what? Like, it just, I remember reading this for the and, first time. And the time, men of Shechem were just, doing the right thing. I know. They weren't even acting bad. Like, no, they were, they were, they were acting righteously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yikes. Well. Uh and then and then of course um you know Jacob has a couple more wives and now he's got four. Mm. It's just off the charts. It's yeah, just well. off the charts. And you see it come through in the story of Joseph when they sell him. Mm. And the reason that they sold Joseph was because they backed down from murdering him. Mm. You know, what kind of you're talking about family dysfunction? This is family dysfunction on a level where the siblings are prepared to actually murder each other in cold blood. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, well, maybe not. You know, one of them talks him down and so they sell him mm. as a slave. Yeah, well, Which was a death sentence back then. Slaves had very, very short lives back in those days. Mm. Sold them to some cousins as well. Mm. Some cousins come by and it's like, oh, hey, cuz. Yeah, want to buy a slave? <laughs> and the cousin's like, "Yeah, cheap slave. Why not?" And they do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wild, wild story. And then you find, okay, so so let's think about Joseph's DNA. Let's think about Joseph's epigenetics. Mm-hmm. There's not much good there, except that all of his parents did find and receive the grace of God. Yeah. Wow. It's about the only good thing he's got going for him. There is so much immorality. There is so much, you know, sleeping around and lies, deceit, mm. a mile long. And then Joseph is down in Egypt and Joseph has, the, has a chance. He's a slave. He's going to have a short life as a slave. And he then has a chance to better himself. I would say, like, even the more important thing than epigenetics, because, like, what epigenetics are is that, like, the behaviour and the decisions of your previous yes. generations have led... Whether you knew them or not. Yeah, led to the tendencies that you have today. But 
it wasn't just that Joseph had poor epigenetics. Like, he just had bad example as well. Yes. Just the people around him. This was nature like, and nurture. All of his yeah. nature and nurture was really terrible. Mm. So now he lands in Egypt. He's a slave in Egypt. He's probably going to live a short, brutal life, and he has the opportunity to rise above that. Yeah, well. Because he has a noble woman's wife offer herself to him. Now, you know, not only would that be fun, but it is the opportunity to, uh, to you know, get lots and lots of favours. Yeah, well. And to live longer and to live better. But we're going to come back and we're going to see what Joseph does and how he responds to that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's go back into our Bible study. Let's go back into our Bible study. Let's think about where Joseph is at. So Joseph is on his way down to Egypt. He's been, he's got his future ahead of him. And uh, our producer was desperately wanting me to clarify the rest of the story before we went to the song break. But I thought, <laughs> no, I'm going to leave you guys, going to leave you guys hanging on this because yes, he was offered opportunity for advancement uh, when his owner's wife offered herself to him. He did turn that down, mm. and we're going to look at the reasons why. Mm. And one of the reasons why is because Joseph was able to look back at his past and see the mistakes, see the see the results of all of the mistakes of immorality that had destroyed his family in the past, and decide no, he was not going to have this for himself. Mm. Okay, so just reading a uh, a quote here from a book about Joseph. Um, it says, you know, while he's on his way to Egypt, just describing that because this is a great word picture, I think, that helps us to uh, visualize what's going on. With a trembling heart, he looked forward to the future. What a change in situation. From the tenderly cherished son to the despised and helpless slave, alone and friendless, what would be his lot in the strange land to which he was going? For a time, Joseph gave himself up to uncontrolled grief and terror. Then his thoughts turned to his father's God. In his childhood, he he had been taught to love and fear God. Mm. Often in his father's tent, he had listened to the story of the vision that Jacob saw as he fled from his home in an exile and a fugitive. Now all these precious lessons came vividly before him. Joseph believed that the God of his fathers would be his God. He then and there gave himself fully to the Lord, and he prayed that the keeper of Israel would be with him in the land of his exile. Mm. And so, you know, the lesson brings out the point that, you know, well, first of all, this is Joseph by himself. Yeah. He is alone. I mean, yeah, he's hanging out with some cousins, some Ishmaelites. He's probably never met these. I'm sure he's never met these people before. Uh, but he's alone because he's a slave. They're not people that care about him. They've got people that have got him chained up. Mm. And... Uh, so he is not making these decisions as part of a community. And one of the principles of decision-making is that human beings make decisions as a community. Human beings are subject to peer pressure. Mm. And we think we grow out of it. No, you don't grow out of it. We never grow out of it. And, uh, you know, there are some communities uh, that emphasize uh, the individual over the community and others that emphasize the individual Sorry, the community over the individual. Mm. And the Bible kind of gives a balance between the two. The Bible says we should have good community and we should make good individual decisions. Yeah. Um, put the two together and you've got a great recipe for success. But we're going to look at some, we're going to look at some Bible principles on individual responsibility and individual decisions because there are some decisions that can only be made as an individual. Our first one is from Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 29. 
Deuteronomy. That is Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29. So I'm just turning there. Now, Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29, the Bible says, But from there you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul, you will find him. Okay. So what is the... I mean... This is this is not a community based passage no. right here. This is this is you as an individual that you are to do what? Search for God. And if you do, you will find him. You will find him. Absolutely. And some people are like, yeah, I've tried Christianity, it never worked for me. Did you search for God? Mm. Sometimes I really question that. Did people really put their full heart and soul into it? Mm. Because Christianity is an all or nothing thing. Unless you go all in. You know, it's not one of those things where you can, you know, sort of dabble one toe in the water just to sort of, eh, is this warm enough or not? No, you've got to just, just, just jump in. But it's like, it's like the principle of anything, really. Like, you can't say, oh man, I'm going to like lose a bunch of weight and get skinny and get fit and like, you know, be a triathlete and all that stuff, like, without actually putting effort in. That's right. You know, and, and if we're talking about like our salvation, you know, yes. we're talking about knowing God. Of course, the gift of salvation is free, but knowing God is a decision that we have to make, and it's a decision that we have to make every single day. And it's an all-or-nothing decision. Mm. All right, let's go over to, uh, let me see here, Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 10. Proverbs 8 and verse 10. Proverbs 8 and verse 10. I'm just finding it within my Bible. Oh, I love this Bible for not being good. I don't know. I, I, I was trying to say positive things, but I, I couldn't. This Bible is very large, hard to hard to flick through. Proverbs 8 and verse 10, the Bible says this, Choose my instruction rather than silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. Okay, so here's Solomon's handing out wisdom. Yeah. He's handing out wise things. And when you read the song of the, sorry, the, uh, the book of Proverbs, what you're going to find is that it's very much focused at the individual and individual responsibility. Yeah, and he wow. speaks to the individual. You read through Proverbs and he feel, you feel like he's speaking to one person. Yeah. Mm. And he's speaking to you. That's his writing style. Mm. Uh, this is very, um, pointed and, uh, he talks about knowledge and he talks about wisdom being worth more than what? Silver and gold. Silver and gold, which, you know, back then, was, today, still is one of those things that people chase after because it's value. Mm. And this was certainly something that Solomon had focused his life on trying to attain Mm. and to build up huge stores of silver and gold. Mm. The Bible says that uh, that the royal guard in his army, 200 men of the royal guard, had shields that were made of gold. Wow. You know, that's useless in conflict. Of course, yeah, I'm like, that's, that's pretty... That's just... that. This was just, the, this was just their... Uh, what do you call it? Their, their dress uniform. Yeah. Their dress uniform, they would rock up in formation with shields of gold. Imagine what that looked like. It'd be spectacular. Yeah, wow. You know, you could sort of cut those shields in half with one stroke of a sword. Yeah, but... and they'll be terribly heavy to carry. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So he speaks from experience. Very quickly, Isaiah 55 and verse 6. I want to get to this one right here. Mm. It tells us how valuable wisdom is there and making right decisions, making wise decisions. Isaiah 55 and verse 6. Let's see what this one says. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Okay. Bible says go out and seek him while you can. 
Mm. Because you can only come to Jesus while he is calling. Some people think, I can come to Jesus anytime. No, you can't. Only while he's calling. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right now it is time for... Question of the day. Our question of the day today is, Lyle, in the final days, there will be a new ruler, um, and he must rule for a short time only. Just as quickly as he rises, he shall fall. Is it the Communist Party? Oh, wow. There you go. Great question right there. It's interesting how that, as Christians, we always tend to look at who is the uh, reigning bad guy in the world. And, of course, the Chinese Communist Party at the moment is the reigning bad guy in the world. And that's where we always look to the fulfillment of Bible prophecy rather than using principles of prophetic interpretation. Okay, so this concept comes to us from Revelation chapter 17. And we can read it there in verse 12. The Bible says the ten horns which you saw are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and their strength unto the beast. And so this is where the concept comes from of a ruler who comes for a very short space of time at the very end end of time, mm. uh, here symbolized by the beast, other, and other places symbolized by the man of sin, uh, the beast, the antichrist, etc., all symbolizing this same particular ruler uh, who uh, supposedly exists for a very short space at the very end of time. Now, the reason that people assume that this uh, particular ruler only exists for a short space of time is because the ten kings, symbolic of the whole world, ten being the whole world, uh, receive power with the beast for one hour. What mm. people don't, what people miss out on here is that it's not the beast that has power for one hour. It is the coalition that has power for one hour. The beast predates this coalition. In fact, the beast goes all the way back to the time of the Apostle Paul and the time of the Apostle John. So John says Antichrist is already now in the world. Paul says uh, that the man of sin is already here, only he has been obscured from our vision. We can't see him yet, but you know when uh, the... Uh, obscurity is removed out of the play, out of the way, then we will, we will be able to see him. And so we know that Antichrist has existed down through centuries. The Antichrist has always been here. But what we find is that uh, at the end of time, he comes to prominence. What you have taking place here in Revelation chapter 17 is not the arrival of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. What you have taking place for an hour, an hour simply meaning a short space of time, what you have taking place is a coalition with the Antichrist that rules for a very short space of time before it completely and totally collapses. So that's the differentiation that we need to make. And uh, no, communism is something that is mentioned in the Bible. It is a very significant end-time power. But it is not the Antichrist. That is not where we should be looking to uh, for the Antichrist because communism by nature is atheistic. And the Antichrist, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 13, is going to be all about worship. It's going to be religious and it's going to enforce worship. That is the issue that you're going to find happening uh, at the very end of time. And it's going to be deceptive. So you're going to have the whole world deceived. I just... 
don't see the whole world being deceived by the Chinese Communist Party right now. And the reason I don't see the whole world being deceived by the Chinese Communist Party is because the Chinese Communist Party is seen as being bad. Mm. This is the most important point. I want you to think about that. You can't look to something or someone that is obviously bad to deceive the whole world. The only way you can deceive the world is by somebody who looks good. So then now what you have to do if you really want to find the Antichrist is stop and ask yourself this question. Okay, amongst religion today, who looks the best? You know, look at the prominent leaders and who would you say who is the most prominent and moral-looking leader in the religious world that we have today and that would be a much better place to look for the Antichrist. You will never deceive somebody with the bad guy because he's going to be easily recognised. The Antichrist is not going to be easily recognised. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.